أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وصلى الله على محمد وآله الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد. So we we started the uh, the chapter on dunya a little bit and lots of the things that you know are mentioned are things that we might have heard more or less and such so reminders really that's what it is for us. So we ended on the note last week about how temporal the nature of dunya is, the signs of um, that it has that <coughs> match with uh, it being a playground. It fits the description of being a playground and being play and leisure and all that kind of stuff. We talked about that. So now a question might come up that, all right, if dunya is like this, then... Um, <coughs> Why dunya then? Why even uh, go through all of this? He says, he starts this chapter with, uh, or sub-chapter, by saying that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had only mentioned the virtues and faza'il of the angels and had not used these descriptions for awliya, righteous servants of his, <coughs> there was room for objection. Why? Because an angel never has carnal, animalistic inclinations and desires. Yeah. So if you're asking why dunya, if he had only spoken about the angels in a certain way, people would say, okay, that's nothing really plausible. But then we see that the same things that he's used for angels, he also uses for human beings. Those righteous uh, sulak, those righteous tra- uh, wayfarers of the path of spiritual growth. Here he calls them Anbiya, Awliya, Siddiqeen, Sulaha, Shuhada. He says, we find that the same things that are used for the angels are used for these individuals as well. That means a lot because these people have carnal, animalistic, uh, instinct-related inclinations and desires and needs. If you can use uh, these things that these uh, descriptions of angels for these people when they have such inclinations that is something that is something that is very praiseworthy and that can only happen through dunya that can only happen through dunya so that's the point for us to have a place where we have these animalistic inclinations I mean it reaches a point where really a person's mind can be lost over certain things that they are uh, inclined towards. That's how, how strong some of these inclinations are. Of course, never stripping a person of their free will. If a person can have an opportunity of having such needs and such inclinations, and it's so hot in here, or is it just me? Yeah, it's a little hot. Then, uh, but still is able to resist, that's where, okay, if you start describing them just like you describe angels, it's praiseworthy. Because at the end of the day, the angels are just created that way. They don't have what human beings have of inclinations. And so in a, in a sense, although they are very high entities and very high and blessed beings, and their respect is wajib, of course, yet the human being can surpass them. And that's why he brings the story of the Mi'raj, Yes, and the ascension of the Holy Prophet, where it says, Ya Jibra'il, 
لا تدعني في هذا الموضع or Ya Jibra'il, the Holy Prophet told Jibra'il after Jibra'il told him, Imdi Ya Muhammad, move on and continue your journey. Prophet Muhammad said to him, فَقَالَ لَهُ Ya Jibra'il, تَدَعُنِي فِي هَذَا الْمَوْضِعِ You're leaving me in this spot? قَالْ فَقَالَ لَهُ Ya Muhammad لَيْسَ لِي أَنْ أَجُوزْ هَذَا الْمَقَامِ I can't go further. وَلَقَدْ وَطَأْتَ مَوْضِعًا مَا وَطَأَهُ أَحَدٌ قَبْلَكَ وَلَا يَطَأُهُ أَحَدٌ بَعْدَكَ You have set foot in a place that no one before you and no one after you will set foot in. Okay, so that's, if the Holy Prophet has is, is going to just be an angel, then he he's not going to, he'll probably be up to par with Jibra'il. But if someone says that, okay, this, is, this part of Mi'raj is symbolic, or if someone believes that it's real, Whatever it is, the point that's being made is that mankind can surpass. The key to that, and the reason for that, is because mankind has something that can take them to the lowest of the lowest states and the highest of the highest states. Highest state being surpassing Jibra'il. Yes, and it reaches a point, he says, that the angels become the servants and they serve the person. Yes, الَّذِينَ تَتَوَفَّهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ طَيِّبِينَ يَقُولُونَ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ أُدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةِ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ He says here, it's talking about the angels when they take the soul of a believer. Now it says believer, it doesn't say believer, it says it takes their, they take their souls while they are tayyib, they're pure. So we'll talk about this later when we talk about qalbin salim. We'll talk about this later as well. Anyway, says, look, they are serving them. They are welcoming them. They are at their service as if. So you surpass Jibra'il as the Holy Prophet. And as a normal, righteous, pure individual, you, you have them as your servants. Do you remember that hadith? I don't know if I shared it. If it was uh, in the one that we did here, the course we did here, where the angel of death, Malakul Maut, it says, the hadith says that when a mu'min is passing away, what does he do? He sits next to him like a slave. This hadith. Yeah. So it shows that this person has such greatness that Malikul Mut that everyone's afraid of, you know, is in this state and form in his presence, in that mu'min's presence when it's time to go. These are very hope-inspiring hadiths. The only uh, secret ingredient is what? Al-Iman and Al-Amal As-Salih. Yeah. Al-Amal Salih means the good deeds and Lack of the bad deeds that destroy the good deeds we do. Yeah. Alright. He says we have two problems. If it's this simple, we have two problems. What's going on with us and this dunya that we know all about, that we talked about last week? He says, the problem is, number one, we feel that we are not the ones addressed when it comes to death. That's number one. And more importantly, number two is that he says we see death as a disconnection from life and this dunya. He says, look, get this out of your dictionaries, disconnection, um, death equaling lack of something, all in all. Get rid of this ideology, this, this, this mentality. It's not right. Why? Because if you see it as lack of life or if you see it as lack of anything really, what, what, what is the natural result of that? the natural result is that you're not going to feel like you have to make any effort for anything anymore. No movement is going to be necessary on your part. No taharruk is necessary on your part. 
Why? Because it's lack of anything. It's lack of existence. It's lack of life. Obviously, when there's lack of anything, there's that means that there is no need to move for that thing, right? He says, but if we see it in the way it really is, not a disconnection from this life, but it's just a continuation of life, that's when we'll understand, okay, there's a need for food when there's life. There's a need for clothing when there's life. There's a lot of needs. If there is life coming, then there is need, there are needs that will be coming. Yeah. Then he says, we'll understand why Amir al-Mu'min every day, remember last week we talked about this, would say, تَجَهَّزُوا رَحِمَكُمُ اللَّهِ فَقَدْ نُودِيَ فِيكُمْ بِالرَّحِيلِ Because he sees that we, need, we have needs there as well. It's just going to be different. Here we have Walmart. There we have, we don't have that anymore. It's, there is, we don't have access to anything. We have a verse in the Qur'an, maybe it has something to do with this a little bit. It says, وَلِبَاسُ التَّقْوَى ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ it's talking about, I forgot what the verse was talking about, but when it reaches this part where it's talking about taqwa and obedience of Allah and all that kind of good stuff, it's a, it, it calls it a libas, a clothing, a covering. Maybe this is the covering, it'll, turn, it'll, be, it'll translate into covering on the Day of Judgment when we need covering. It'll translate to food and, and, and water when we need it on the Day of Judgment. Amal, amal, amal. That's what it comes down to really. Action. What we do here, Translates into all that good stuff there. Then he opens up another topic in the middle of all of this. Something that he's always doing. I see him even, even when he's lecturing. He, he, he always brings this up. That death and remembering death is not, uh, as he calls it, uh, a reason for being stagnant. It is not how people in this life, they feel like you know remembering death is something that will slow you down. Take hope away. He says, as a matter of fact, death is what gives meaning and color and life and flavor and everything to the, our life here in this dunya. If you take death out of the equation, nothing is worth anything anymore. I just want to read to you what he says in this other book. Um, it's an interesting book. Allama Tabatabai says this. Uh, you won't be able to find it. And it's only in Farsi, so don't worry about it. He talks about, he talks about Allama Tabatabai here. Now how this book was compiled is a different story. One of his students was involved in it. But um, uh, it's a little treatise actually, a part of it. He's talking about uh, the social aspect of Islam is, and, and, and social relationships in Islam. And it's interesting, his take on certain things are, is interesting. One thing that I mentioned a few weeks ago, but I didn't elaborate on. It came up again, so I thought, okay, let me just read off of the book. Now, back then I said it's in his book of titled Shia, but then if you remember, I changed my mind. I was like, no, no, no. I think it's another book. I was right. It was another book. It's Rav, this book right here. Ravabete Ijtema'i Dar Islam. Ravabete Ijtema'i Islam Me. So, in this book, we have a little part here that I really like. <clears throat> when I say death is like the only thing that will give meaning and is uh, the only real hope that we have he, he kind of here kind of illustrates how everything else is just an illusion in this book there's a chapter on superstition definition of superstition a belief or action that you have that has no reasoning to back it yet you still practice it or adhere to it right 
this is what superstition means. And so he talks about how in the materialist uh, ideology, how certain things are only limited to whatever matter shows us and material relationships between things show us. And he says that that's why anything metaphysical is seen as superstition. Because there's no dalil for it, there's no reason for it. In a, mater- a materialistic ideology, will say anything immaterial, metaphysical, that I cannot put under the microscope is superstition because there's no dalil for it. Anything that doesn't have dalil is superstition, khurafa. Right? You have that in Urdu? Yeah, khurafat. Okay. So, but then he goes on and then he starts taking shots at, at you know, certain things here that I really I really enjoyed this because this was something that had come to my mind a lot before and then I found that he says this it was so uh, reassuring that okay we got it right alhamdulillah it seems um, he talks about how mankind is after perfection and kamal okay and then he talks about social kamal social kamal there are some things that are perfection for society he says but are they perfection for an individual? Or is it just an illusion slash superstition? What, is he, what do you mean? What are you talking about? He says sometimes perfection or virtue of society comes at the expense of the detriment of an individual and the loss, individual loss. Okay, what do you mean? Give us examples. He says, for example, that you have to give up a saada, you know, um, a felicity of yours so that society is felicious. Alright? Okay. Give me an example. He says, for example, a person will lose their life defending their country, defending a constitution, a law and rule. Yeah? This is altruism. This is uh, selflessness. You're giving up your life for it. He says, the only reason why people do such a thing is for the greater good and the perfection of society. While this is a total illusion, and this is wrong. Because this all means getting killed at the end of the day. <laughs> Alright? It's all Adam and uh, lack of, of, of life and deprivation, deprivation. That's what it is. If there is any perfection in there, it's and virtue and merit, what is it for? Who does it go to? Who's benefiting from all this? At the end, the society is benefiting. But this individual, what did they do? They lost their life. Now I want you to get step out of a con- Islamic context here. In an Islamic context, it's different. I think he points that out as well. He says all of this while people want society for themselves, not themselves for society. He says, and this is why people who run a society, what do they do? They sugarcoat these things. Have you noticed this? Like even if you, they, they want to get you to join the army, what do they do? Yeah, it's all about, you know, your people, I don't know, the name of the country, the land, the flag, all that kind of stuff. You know, when they want you, they want to, they want to recruit you, that's how they recruit you. When people lose their lives, what do they do? They'll put them in a casket. They will take care of that casket. They will uh, drape it in the flag very neatly and a proper burial, a proper funeral, all that. But at the end of the day, this person has lost their life. Finished. You didn't get anything. I'm sorry. It's an illusion. 
This is something I was pointing out a few weeks ago. Yes, if you're bringing shahadat in the picture, if you're bringing akhirah in the picture, this is what I'm trying to say here. The only thing that gives meaning to any of this would be a life after death. And so this is what he's trying to say to the jawadi here. Where is he getting it from? Like teachers like of his, the Qur'an, that the only thing that can give us hope is if there's an akhirah, if there's life after death. So death, when we say death as a transfer, as a transferal from one realm to another, is what gives, gives life to us, actually, gives, gives a meaning to our lives. He says, they try to, they, they, they say you leave behind a very beautiful name of yourself. You leave behind honor. You leave behind all this good stuff. You will live forever. You know, uh, for example, a big athlete or a big uh, superstar or a big, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, come on. Celebrity. Celebrity, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Celebrity dies. Okay, they're grieving over that person. But then to alleviate their grief, what do they say? He's watching us from a better place. As if he cares what you're doing on this dunya. No, he's gone. He don't care what you're doing. Just to alleviate your own pain, you're saying that. I'm sorry. He's up there. We are upset. A week has passed since he's died. Should we play this basketball game or not? And then they'll say, if he was here, he would have wanted it for us to continue the path. <laughs> right? These are things that happen. With all due respect, of course. <laughs> I say it with all due respect. Allah <clears throat> says, these things are, these, this is khurafa. This is laughable. <clears throat> it's all laughable. Why? Because after destruction, annihilation, death, there is no life anymore. What do you mean name? What is, what is left of a name? Who cares if my name is left? Am I there or not? I love this. This is so realistic. This understanding. And I had another example in one of our classes a little bit back about how it had to do with beauty. And what is beauty? It's subjective. Now everyone's trying to push this idea of we're all beautiful. Try to push that forward. We're all beautiful because we're creations of God. Yes. We're all beautiful because we um, can gain akhirah with this life Allah has given us. But who are we kidding? Physical beauty, physical beauty is subjective. Some are more pretty than others. That's why no one's trying to come marry you and I, but they're trying to go marry some of these, uh, uh, what's it called, celebrities in Hollywood, right? That, who are we kidding? But because everything has been fixated on and zoomed in on the physical material life we have no choice but to say what we're all beautiful yes we're all beautiful in that sense but appearance wise no you're prettier than me i'm prettier than him or her whatever it's 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 a reality you know anyway there's a lot of details i want to get into for that i'll skip so death and remembrance of death death the proper understanding of death equals motivation, equals reason to live, equals hope. As a, as, as a result of that, you get movement, you get progress. As, as a result of that, you get a liveliness, you get abundance, you get a good world and good earth, good planet earth even, because people are working now. People are working hard because they know with every step they take to serve 
Allah, to serve humanity, to serve the Islam, Muslims, all of that, they know that they're building their Akhirah. Yes? That's what he says here. And then he starts hating on those people who don't do work and are a burden on society. Yeah, he starts hating on them. He brings that famous hadith where that um, the Imam was asked, haja. This guy is in need, he's kind of poor now. Alright, فَمَا يَصْنَعُ الْيَوْمِ He said, what is he doing? What's he up to? He sh- probably should be out doing work, right? So that he gains a halal living, right? Answer, قِيلْ مَنْ عِنْدَ مِنْ عِنْدَ Excuse me. قِيلْ فِي الْبَيْتِ يَعْبُدْ رَبَّهُ يَعْبُدْ رَبَّهُ He's in his house and he's worshipping God. فَقَالْ فَمَنْ أَيْنَ قُوتَهُ Where does he get his food from? قِيلْ مَنْ عِنْدَ بَعْضْ إِخْوَانِهِ Some of his brothers... In faith, bring him food. So the the Imam says, "Wallah, alladhi, wallah, alladhi minhu." The one who's bringing that guy food is doing better ibadah than the person who's sitting at home. He says, "Look, a person either who doesn't even believe in like the life after death or life after death one or two believes in it, but has the wrong understanding of it, and as a result, they're like super scared of it. For example." These people, they're immobilized after. They think like all they can do to save themselves from the hellfire is what? To just worship, worship, worship. And this is what the result is. You get stagnancy, if that's a word, is it? Being stagnant, huh? Stagnancy. You, you get, as a result of that, nothing improves in this life. The Muslim lands, you go look at them. At least in the non-Muslim secular lands, at least they're working on their dunya. But the misunderstanding of akhirah and life after death can destroy your akhirah and your dunya. And this is once again one of those things we have to be careful about. Keep in mind as we're teaching our little kids growing up in school. Yeah? That this is, that death, okay, is not something super crazy that you have to be super scared of. Let's work hard. The more harder we work, the better our akhirah is going to be, the easier our death is going to be. Yeah. Siri wants to teach tonight. <laughs> Alright. Ayatullah Jawadi, you really helped us out here. Dunya, death, remembrance of death, all that stuff. F- tell me what to do. What am I supposed to do? What do I fix so that all this, I can apply all of this? He says, he says, what is necessary is qalbun salim. That's what is needed. Qalbun salim. Well, can you explain to us a little bit about this Qalb al-Saleem. He says, look, it's in the Qur'an. يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٌ There's a day that nothing is going to help you and be of any avail except for those who come to Allah with a sound heart, Salim, Sound heart. Who else had this sound heart? Prophet Ibrahim had this sound heart. He went to his Lord with a Salim heart. So it seems that this Qalbun Salim is the same as what we talked about in the beginning where they're the, <coughs> the angels when they take certain people, they take them Tayyibin while they're in a Tayyib state, in a pure state. When you have no impurities and deficiencies, you are sound, Right? So your heart is sound, your soul is sound because there's no impurity. So tayyib and salama, tib and salama, these are 
they will they will overlap, maybe one hundred percent overlap. But the question is, what are these impurities and deficiencies in one's heart that we're that they're supposed to try to get rid of? And as a matter of fact, that's what the point of this life is. Over the inshallah 50, 60, 70, 80 years that we all live, and that we're supposed to work on so that when we leave, we enter upon Allah with Qalbin Salim. Illa man atallah bi qalbin salim. I like this. It shows that you don't have to be born with qalbun salim. It says when Yamul Qiyamah comes and you approach your Lord, that's the time that, hey, it's expected. Okay, did you get it or not? You know? It says on the day that no wealth, no children are going to help you except the one who enters upon Allah with qalbun salim. So that's what I got to try to do. Have that qalbun salim for there. But what are these impurities? Oh, well, it's a little hard if we're going to go by this hadith that explains what the impurity is. It says, Al-Qalbu Salim, Alladhi yalqa Rabbahu wa laysa fihi ahadun siwah. The sound heart is the heart that meets its Lord while there's nothing else in it. That's what it is. Ayatullah Mujtahidi Tehrani, his name was. He was passing away, I remember him. He, there was a famous Hawza in Tehran, very strict in Tehran. Um, he was very, very picky on allowing people to come into his Hawza. Right? Kind of like me here, right? <laughs> and so he, he was actually one of the ones who, back then, the one who assassinated Shahid Mutahari, had tried to come into his hoza years before the revolution. And he had sent him away and said, you're going to be a problem in the future. I don't know how. When he would interview each of these hoza students, even some of my friends tell me what he had told them, like something like that. It's interesting. He would interview them personally, because nowadays the one who runs the hoza usually isn't the one interviewing people when they're coming into the hoza. It's too, there's too many people. Back then he would really handpick the ones that he would let come into his hoza. And he had identified some of these problematic people just by the answers that they were giving. He could tell this person is too extreme. This person looks at things too black and white. And he said, you're going to be a problem in the future. The one who assassinated Mutahari wasn't some kafir communist. Right? In the, back in the day, there was a lot of communists. Back, it was, he was a person who, quote-unquote, he had concerns for Islam. And he felt that Mutahari is destroying things. He's the one who assassinated. Anyway, Mujtahidi Tehrani... I had seen him. An old man looked kind of like Ayatollah Bahchat. And so, he's a very sweet character. If you watch his uh, clips, he has a lot of clips. He would speak between the Salats in his Hawza. Like, like between Zohar and Asr Salat. Or Maghrib and Isha. A hadith, akhlaqi things. Very cute stuff he would say sometimes. And so, the, I still remember when he was passing away. They knew it's time. And so, even TV and media was there and they were interviewing him a few interviews that they did with when he was on his bed and he was sitting on his deathbed you know his grandson or granddaughter little baby was like in his lap coming going and they asked him they said are you going to miss anybody now that you know you're going what is your feeling what are you going to miss from here things like that he said I'm not going to miss anything and anybody I mean I'm, I'm rewording it you know what he said moved me so much when I heard it that this is a man 
inshallah is going to يأتلها بقلب سليم meaning لَيْسَ فِيهِ أَحَدٌ سِوَاهِ This person doesn't care about anybody anymore. This person is only looking forward, not looking to the side and behind them anymore. Hopefully we can get to that point. But the, point, the question is how we can remove these impurities. And I think the answer is pretty clear based on everything that I've said before here and there that you've heard me. Um, Ayatollah Jawadi takes a little different route. The conclusion and result is the same, I would say. Um, there are some explanations that I want to give though as I you know, explain what he says. So I'm going to leave that inshallah for next week. So this is where we left off. إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَ اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ Any questions? Yes. You said that like the value in life comes because of death. Yeah. But um, and you know how like people hear that have like pretty much unlimited money, like they're still unhappy, right? So they still want more. So then, what's the value in the afterlife? If there is no death, then it's the same good stuff, but just eternity. That's that's that's. It's very different. If we have eternity here in this life, it would have value. Where do I get this from? Uh, the the question I'm going to repeat it because some people listen to the recording later. Okay, brother is asking that um, the people here, they, uh, they value what they have a lot, right? But what's the difference between here and there and the akhirat? Is that what you said? What did you say again? You said earlier that death is what gives value here. Death, oh, okay. I said death is what gives value here, okay. And so in the afterlife, there's no death. In the afterlife, there's no death. Oh, okay, okay. Now I get your question. Very good. <clears throat> When, okay, so when, uh, when he says that death is what gives value to everything here, but okay, if death is what gives value to everything here, then there's no death in Akhirah. So that means there's no value in Akhirah. Right? That's a very good observation, but a very erroneous one. <laughs> no, it's a very good, I like it. Um, the answer that I would give you is this. Death in and of itself isn't valuable. Okay? Death, because it is what gets us to the afterlife, is what gives it value. Right? So afterlife is what really has value. Because it's eternal and it's infinite. Right? So anything that's going to get me there will get value. And won't ha- not that it has value in and of itself. Or else, as you've heard in that course we have, death is a bridge. Right? Bridges usually, they have value because of the destination that they get you to. Not because they have value in and of themselves. You, know, you get what I'm saying? Very good observation. Alhamdulillah. Uh, uh, the salim is the derivative of the salim? Uh, yeah. yeah. Salim, salim, these are all from the same root. Salim means like... Uh, Sin, lam, and mim. Not broken like salim. Yeah, salim not broken. Even salam, when we say salam, it means peace and things like These are all from the same <coughs> root. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Salawat. Salawat.